0: 106.1 NASH Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 106.1 FM NASH Icon at NASHFM1061.com, presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca by Davies serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans player. All access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Rhino Shield Mid-South, Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligence sports all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director, Ken Trahan of com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and the Kenner Star.
1: And a pleasant good evening and welcome. Welcome to another edition of All Access, the Friday Night Edition here on Nash Icon1061 FM and Nash FM1061.com. You can always check us out via our tuning app worldwide, via iHeart, easy to do, no issues there. And of course, at home you can get us via Alexa at Nash Icon1061 FM or W R K N just tell her to play. Either of the two, you can always email me. It's Ken at CrescentCitysports.com. Of course, you can also Call the show, 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. And, of course, you can also listen to our podcast through CrescentCitySports.com. Just click on the menu, click on more, click on podcast, and you'll be able to do so. So many opportunities to be with us, and we hope you take advantage of those. We always love having you with us. And we enjoy the banter at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061. A little bit later on in the show, we'll visit with Fletcher Mackle of WDSU. Channel 6, we'll talk to Fletcher about the Pelicans and what they did last night and also what they did not do, which, of course, in some circles was big news. A lot of people nationally thinking they were going to do something significant. That never happened. And we'll talk about that quite a bit with Fletcher Mack a little bit later in the show. As for LSU baseball, of course, today, meeting with the media before the championship series begins tomorrow, 6 p.m., against the Florida Gators, two SEC rivals. They did not face each other this season, even though they're in the same conference. And of course, it's best of three. And we've been here before 2017, was in fact these two teams playing for the national championship in the championship series. That year, Eric Walker was hurt. Alex Lang would have been available for game three, never got that far. Gators won the first two, and it was over. LSU got short on pitching. And a lot of people feel like it's a similar dynamic because Paul Skeens, of course, has pitched two games already and is very unlikely to see any action in this series. Some people have asked, and I've gotten emails about it, what happens if you get to Monday in a third and deciding game on three days rest, could Skeens possibly pitch? The answer is yes, but not likely as a starter, but possibly in a late game situation. Starters do throw between outings. And that certainly could be how he is utilized if the game gets to that point and they have an opportunity to win the game. That is obviously the scenario that would unfold if they would plan to use him. So I think that's kind of where it's at. Kevin O'Sullivan at Florida. He won it, of course, in 2017. Florida trying to win its second national championship. LSU is trying to win its seventh. Harkening back to last night's game, it doesn't get any better. This game had all the trappings, a classic game. If you like offense, you hated it. In Omaha, it's hard to score runs because the teams that are there have good pitching, and the ballpark plays big, sometimes ridiculously big. The wind changed direction, started blowing toward left late in the game, but that did not impact the ball Tommy White hit. He hit that ball so hard and plenty long enough to get it out regardless of the wind condition. You feel for Tom Walters, a wonderful guy, great friend of mine. Certainly wanted LSU to win, but would not have heard badly if Tom won because he's such a good man and his program is so good. They've worked so hard to get it there. Class act, good people. And his pitching was fantastic in the World Series as it was all season long. But isn't it ironic that LSU is where it's at right now because of its pitching? the pitching of LSU has been the absolute best in the World Series. Better than everyone else. Succeeded Florida at this point, by and large. Exceeded Wake Forest. And every other team, for that matter, as well. Put themselves in a tremendous position because of the way they have pitched. And obviously, they're going to have to continue to do that. And they have to mix and match. Now, you got Ty Floyd for tomorrow night. That's the good news. He hasn't lost a game. If there's any bad news, he does not go real deep into games, typically speaking. And in a best of three, you really have to win game one. That is almost essential if you want to win this thing. In particular, when you don't have Skeens available to start. Again, back to last night, what Skeens did was fantastic. Lauder was terrific. Michael Massey was good. He deserved a better fate. Then they get a loss considering how well he threw the ball. Gave up the hit to Cruz, and Tom Walter elected to take him out. Manasseh had pitched well previously, but White ambushed the first pitch, a 90 mile an hour fastball that was up in the zone, and he hammered it. And it went. And obviously, the result is where LSU finds itself right now. And as I wrote at CrystalCitiesports.com, if you want to be successful, at this stage of the season. If you want to be able to win in advance, your stars have to shine. LSU has three All-Americans. Paul Skeens, Dylan Cruz, Tommy White. Those were your three stars. Those were your three heroes who stepped up when it mattered most. Cruz led off with a line drive hit the left, and White hit the home run. And Skeens, of course, pitched eight shutout innings of two-hit ball. And let's not forget the great play Trey Morgan made in the top of the eighth inning with the runner at third on the safety squeeze, bunt. charged hard. I mean, he was just full throttle, fielded it cleanly. He had to get rid of it quickly. That flip was just that a flip. It got to Milazzo in time, and Malazzo got the tag down. And the replay showed he was out, and it was a fantastic play. And without that, LSU cannot win. Just a great defensive play, and Gavin Dugas made good plays in the game. Tommy White made a good play in the game. The defense was terrific, of course, on both sides. Errorless baseball, great pitching, drama to the nth degree. You can make an argument it's as good, if not you know, one of the best World Series games ever. Of course, to me, the best will always be Warren Morris and the walk-off home run to win the national championship. That's the difference between this one and that one. That one ended it. That one won the national championship. This one got LSU to the championship series. Of course, in those days, it was a one game winner take all for the championship. Now it's best two of three, which we've talked about quite a bit on the 3TL show as to what you prefer. You get the best of three now. One of the other points that has been made and people have asked me today via email is, do you think it's fair to play the championship series so close to when the last game ended in the bracket play? Well, it's happened both ways. You know, we saw in previous years that this thing was stretched out for a long time, over two weeks. And that was a long time for teams to stay, long time for fans to stay, very costly, of course. So that was the rationale behind not doing it that and moving it up as they have now, to where, you know, again, if you go to the third and deciding game of a bracket against the same team which LSU did with the Wake Forest, you're going to get one day off. And that's what they get. So, they're going to need a really good outing out of Ty Floyd. That goes without saying. And then, of course, they're going to have to mix and match the rest of the way. They're going to be successful. That goes without saying. And can it be done? Yes, listen. Listen. The advantage clearly goes to Florida. The Gators won their bracket unscathed. They got through it quickly, and they're well-rested, and their pitching is set up, and their pitching is very good. It's set up for Florida, but there's something about this LSU team and the way they play, how tough they are, the swagger they've shown, and the way this pitching has stepped up, that you have to give them a chance a real chance in this series, in my mind. And that's kind of where we're at right now. A lot of heroes. We mentioned Trey Morgan. Kay Beloso, of course, the big home run in the first win against Wake Forest was fantastic. Braden Joubert had the RBI double in that game. Pitching, stepping up, Gavin Guidry did a good job. Riley Cooper's been huge. And of course, Thatcher Hurd with what he did last night. The stuff for Hurt has always been there. You know, the numbers have not been, the consistency has been lacking. But when you look at the stuff and the ability, it does translate, especially in a big ballpark, if you can throw strikes, you just can't walk people and you can't make errors in this ballpark and have a chance to be successful. Now you could say that virtually any time on any level, but it's pronounced when you're playing in a real pitcher's park where home runs are hard to come by. And I think that's the other thing that got lost in translation here, was the fact that Wake Forest, which had a really good offense and hit a bunch of home runs, played in a small ballpark, smaller than the box, easier to hit home runs in. And Omaha was a a bigger mountain to climb for that offense than it was for the LSU offense, which plays in a ballpark where it hit a lot of home runs, but Alex Box is a fair ballpark. And LSU's power, I think, was a little bit superior. And I'm saying that, and I respect Wilkin. I respect the Kurtz. I respect the Wake Forest hitters. But I think their numbers might have been a little bit inflated, frankly. And I do think the conditions prove that to a degree. And that's what put LSU in a good position here. 504-260-1061. Great to be joined by Ronnie Rance. Now, of course, uh, Sports Shorts and Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame's on radio show in Baton Rouge and much more. Ronnie, always a pleasure and welcome. How are you?
2: Hey, sorry, Kenny, uh, joining you guys a little bit late over here at uh, in Baton Rouge. Every night's baseball. You know, uh, we, LSU was last night, tonight, three-game homestand for the Baton Rouge Rougarou in the Texas Collegiate League. We got a big crowd fireworks tonight. So uh, we, I kind of got slammed a little bit a few minutes ago and just now getting back with you.
1: All good, buddy. So again been talking about what's happened in Omaha and you know really the story to me there is is obviously the you know the back end pitching for LSU which has not been there basically all season long it's been there in Omaha is it a matter of the conditions or it's simply a matter of guys stepping up and realizing their potential or a little bit of both
2: I think it's definitely a little bit of both you know the great thing about being a Tiger is that you know when you put on that jersey you know, the ghosts of the last 40 years kind of come into your your being a little bit. And, and you put that jersey on and you think you're supposed to play well in Omaha. You're supposed to be the guy. And I think there's a little bit of that. These were good players. I mean, we're talking about Ackenhausen, who was a great Juco player. He was a great player the first month of the season, suffered an injury, and wasn't in himself for a couple of months. But then in the last 30 days, he's been really good. And then, you know, others that just had down years, you know, like a Riley Cooper who got off to a slow start, but then the second half of the year, he's been extremely good. So I just think it was good players finally uh, all putting it together at the right time. And, you know, you're playing over there in Omaha with tons of LSU fans. You you, you know, the history LSU wins in Omaha traditionally. And uh, I think it all came together for him.
1: And Jay Johnson's made, you know, some tough decisions and he's pushed all the right buttons with pitching in retrospect, the way it turns out. And also, Decided he was going to go with Alex Malazzo the last few games, and that's paid off. He's a far superior catcher to Travinsky, who's obviously an offensive player. And offense, of course, has been negated, and he hasn't hit in Omaha, and you're not going to hit the long ball there, typically speaking. So that's turned out to be a good move as well.
2: Yeah, the Travinsky decision, he got hit in the side in the Super Regionals and and, and is, and is not healthy. He's not 100% the twisting, the turning. He doesn't have the full range of motion and that is the problem that he's got right now. Now you saw him yesterday, they showed a, a, a during the game, he was actually taking some cuts, uh, behind home plate, uh, you know, in, in the underneath the stadium and trying to loosen it up a little bit, just seeing if it was, you know, could he pinch hit if needed last night. So be curious to see where his health is at for this series, if he's even an option to either catch or DH or pinch hit, uh, you know, with a couple days rest.
1: Bumped Joe Bear up a spot in the lineup. Didn't hit last night, but he's had some big hits here in the World Series and in the postseason. And, and of course, the other part of that is Jordan Thompson has had a horrible time. He's really struggled, hasn't he?
2: Yeah, he has. You know, it's a shame because Jordan Thompson had a really good year. It's just kind of the last month has really not been too kind to him. But for three quarters of the season, he was outstanding defensively as well as offensively. Um, but Joe Bear, you know, the story there is, You know, his batting average is about 50 points higher, a little over 50 points higher. And that, you know, we know he's got the power, and we know he's going to hit the homers and the doubles. It was, you know, last year he hit two forty nine. Now the average is around three hundred, So that's been the giant improvement.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously I did his games at Delgado. He's got uh, terrific power. It's a matter of making contact more frequently, and he's done a better job of that overall. Gavin Dugas, you know, not known for his range or his defense, known for his offense. He made some good plays last night.
2: He did, you know, the Gavin Dugas was having a sensational season, unfortunately, uh, about a month and a half ago, he did the Superman flop, flop, going for a line drive up the middle at the box in an SEC game, and when he landed on that shoulder, he was out a week, probably would have been out longer if it was any other player, but Gavin Dugas is a a tough guy in his fifth year, he, you know, shot it up, and, you know, he's out there playing not a 100%, but that injury was a month and a half ago so i think every day that goes by he gets a little stronger a little bit better and uh you know uh, it's it's good to see because he's a louisiana kid he's paid his dues he's been through a couple coaches and uh and you know it's it's great to see him have success
1: well it's so easy to second guess and uh you know as I people the most people know i'm very good friends with tom walter i did his games at the university of new orleans and he's a he's a really good coach but he's a better person fantastic guy and Tom and I have been texting for the last three or four days. And, and you know, he texted me today. He said, hey, just great to be part of that, you know, and, and wasn't meant to be for us. Congratulations to LSU. And it was just great to be part of that. And people are actually criticizing him for the pitching decision that he made. I don't know how you can criticize him based upon what he accomplished this year and what his pitching accomplished.
2: Yeah, I mean, he had a fantastic team. I mean, it's, look, if, when your team doesn't win, you're always going to get criticized for the decisions you made. Yeah, I, I I am surprised, and I don't know that he made it because the word is that the starter for Wake Forest said, "Hey, I'm tired," and kind of didn't really lobby to stay in the game. But you know, Skeens went 120 pitches; their yeah. starter went 88, um, and that was a surprise because he was in total command. To me, he could have easily gone out at least one more one more inning, and he didn't. Uh, and then he took out one of his relievers pretty quickly. So. I don't, you know, I, I know they have this hundred pitch rule thing that Wake Forest really implements uh, more than other teams, and um, you know who's who's to know, who's to say that it that it that it didn't cost them. But uh, look, Tom Walter's done a great job, particularly in the last four or five years. That program been one of the best in the country.
1: Michael Massey was throwing the ball extremely well. We know him from Tulane, of course, and and he gives up one hit to Dylan Cruz, and he's out. Right. <laughs> and they bring him Evanesci in the first pitch he throws, ambush, ninety miles an hour up in the zone, and. Tommy White was all over it. Look, it's hard to get the ball into that ballpark, but I think that ball's going out regardless.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, look, that guy is so strong. And, look, off the bat, it didn't look like it was going to make it as easily as it did. That ball went halfway up the bleachers.
1: Uh, just Tommy
2: White's a guy that, I mean, you're talking about white crews and, 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 and schemes. I mean, they're iconic college baseball players. I mean, like, there's never been a team that's had three guys that talented with that, that difference of skill sets. Um, it would be a shame if LSU doesn't win the national championship, but they've got their work cut out for them in a big way.
1: Trey Morgan's played a brilliant first base, and he's really been their best contact hitter in Omaha. You, you know he's going to put the ball in play, and uh, that's important because strikeouts obviously stop things. So he's been really good. Now Trey Morgan's been sensational.
2: He, uh, you know, uh, the defensive play he made last night was one that people will talk about forever. You know, it's right up there with uh, – Ray Wright's catch in 2000 and, and, you know, other, you know, defensive gems. I mean, but it, it, they, it, they don't, they only, they remember Ray Wright because they won the national championship. They wouldn't remember Ray Wright if LSU finished second. So in order for that Morgan play to live in infamy and that kind of thing, LSU's got to, you know, finish the business this weekend and take care of things. But, I mean, he is the, the best defensive first baseman in, in college, most athletic for sure, and, I don't know that there's another player in the country that makes that play.
1: This does kind of remind us of 2017, not just because it's LSU in Florida, but because of the the scenario. Florida's right. pitching is set up. It's well-rested, much like in 2017. LSU's is not. LSU didn't have Eric Walker in 2017, and Alex Lang would not have been able to pitch to Game 3, which they never got to. This is similar, and yet – this feels a little different. Uh, the way this LSU team is playing right now, does that feel the same way to you?
2: They, they. I think they're a little bit more of a team of destiny. I think they've got you know a better lineup than they did in seventeen offensively. Um, they've got a, you know, some veteran players in that lineup that are special, that are uh, legendary players. Um, and you know, I, I, uh, you know, it clearly if they get to Monday, he'll be pitching on three days rest. I'm sure there'll be a limitation on what his availability is. You know, he's not going to throw 120 pitches I wouldn't expect on Monday, but you'll get something out of him. You know, maybe you get 80. I'll take 80. I'll take the first 80. Um, you just got to get to Monday. If you get to Monday, I can't see a scenario where LSU
1: loses. I think he pitches on Monday in some regard. I'm with you. Yeah. I know a lot of people said, no, he's done. They're going to protect him, pro career, everything else. Look, whether it's as a starter for 60 to 80 pitches or – if they're even or close in the sixth or seventh inning, he's in that game. Yeah, I believe I believe that.
2: I don't think there's any way that you're taking that ball out of his hands. I mean, he threw 100 miles an hour in his last three fastballs, so he's fine. He's healthy. He's fine. He's not tired. Uh, they're going to do everything they can to get him ready for Monday. And I would, whatever the number is, whatever they settle on, whether it's fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, whatever they settle on, I want it to be the first ones to get LSU off to a good start. You know, and whether he pitches three, four, five innings. You know, hopefully he's given up none or one runs and, and, and then you just turn it over to everybody else you got.
1: Ty Floyd hasn't lost a game this year. There's the good and then there's the you know, the inconsistency because the one thing that we haven't seen, he hasn't gotten real deep into games that often. When he has it's been great, but you know, he was five innings fantastic in the, in the other game in the World Series, but then of course uh that, that came apart so to speak. So what do they need out of him? He's got to win game. They've got to win game one, don't they?
2: They they need a special performance by Floyd. You know, I don't know that just going five innings and giving up two runs is good enough. They need him to to be special and go seven or eight and do that. Um, and so, you know, to save that pin and 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 help out the rest of the guys that have been that have been taxed. So that's what I think they they they're going to need. They're going to need a magical performance from him.
1: Yeah, I agree. And then of course. With regard to Florida, a couple of minutes left with Ronnie Rance. Uh, this is a really good baseball team. They they don't have a perceivable weakness. Like Wake Forest, they've got deep pitching. Uh, like Wake Forest, they've got some guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, this is a really good team. I felt going into the World Series that those were the three best teams. You know, oh, yeah. in, or, yeah. in order, In order, I thought it was Wake Forest, either LSU-Florida, Florida-LSU, and here we are.
2: Yeah, and, and, and look, their pitching rotation has been set the whole year. You know, in college baseball, rarely do you have a one, two, three starter that have been your three starters the entire season, you know, without any jumbling or changing or guys dropping out or getting hurt or drop ads because of they, – they, they're, they're, so they're set. I mean, they're pitching set. They're rested. They are the favorite. They're minus 120, minus 130, depending on where you get the, you get the line. LSU's about even money right now. And it's just, they, they should win it. But don't count the Tigers out. I had, I had no belief that LSU would win on Wednesday. I thought on Wednesday they were going to be pitching 6-10 through 10 in their lineup. Wake Forest was set. Did not think LSU would win. And what they do? They went on through a shutout as a, as a, as a staff. Um, so they are a team of destiny right now. I, 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 I'm just amazed.
1: I wouldn't go against them either. All right, so uh, the Major League Draft. And Dylan Cruz is a terrific player he has he can do pretty much everything well you know he's not a big base dealer, but he can run well enough, terrific outfielder good arm, and of course a really good hitter and yet, under any scenario, I don't know how anybody could possibly pass up Paul Skeens as the number one pick in the draft and yet that's likely to happen money yep. always fa- money always factors into this and I'm very good friends with the Washington Nationals pitching coach, Jim Hickey, and we've been communicating, and they got the second overall pick, and he told me, organizations already decided if he's there, we're taking him at two. So, to me, I don't know how you pass on this guy at number one. Thoughts?
2: Uh, you know, I, I agree, but but the statistics go against that, and they run the data, and it's all this analytics stuff and everything, and the bottom line is is that you got, you got guys that, you know, they say that, that pitchers beyond the third round, you know, you can find a lot of them that can have great major league careers, And that position players in the first two rounds, you know, pay off more dividends. They, they don't get hurt like pitchers do. More of them make it. Value is stronger. So the value is there to take a Dylan Cruz over a Paul Skeen's. Um, but, man, I, don't, I mean, I mean, close your eyes and pick one. It doesn't matter. Um, the thing about schemes is I think he, he comes in right now, and you can put him in a rotation, you can put him in a bullpen, and you give him a month off and he's good to go and help you down the stretch this year. Um, Dylan Cruz, it may take a minute, and, you know, you, you, your value may take a minute, but schemes can help you. Now, whoever takes them first overall is not going to have them in four or five years. They're going to be trading them and all that because they can't afford them.
1: Yeah, look, I think those are very good points. Uh, The thing about Skeens that stands out to me more than anything, you can talk about the velocity all you want. Major League hitters can hit that. It's the fact that he can throw three pitches for strikes, and the command has been remarkable. I mean, that strikeout-to-walk ratio is amazing. That's it. You're a pitcher. You know.
2: Yeah, that's that's what makes him so special. His compact motion, the fact that he throws 100, he throws strikes, is just incredible. It's just absolutely incredible. I mean, you don't see that combination of – command with the breaking ball, the fastball, the repeatable motion, it, the effortlessness of which he throws 99 to 100. It's, that's what's going to make him. The, it, he's better than Steven Strasburg. Strasburg, you know, had arm injuries, and you could see why. His mechanics were a little herky-jerky. He was a max effort guy. Paul Skeens looks like he's out there, you know, just enjoying himself, uh, you know, playing, you know, T-ball, and he's throwing 100.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd be remiss as we let you get away if I don't ask you to comment on the sanctions Uh, with regard to football and basketball certainly we saw this coming certainly I think it's appropriate and certainly I think Scott Woodward comes out looking good because he made the right decisions which lessened the penalties agreed
2: no I definitely think so I mean retrospectively like this worked out great for LSU I mean who cares about some wins that nobody cares about in a record book somewhere that I don't even know where that book is um, and, you know, the only person it hurts is Les Miles. Les Miles is not going to qualify for the College Football Hall of Fame. He's one win shy at the minimum requirement of wins. And that's that's the guy that this is going to hurt the most.
1: Yeah, it is. And with regard to Will Wade, talked about it ad nauseum. And, and I understand opinions. but. To me, there was no defense. He, he broke the rules and broke them incessantly and then defied his own university uh, initially. Yeah. Initially. And and then, of course, down the road, what happened, what happened, uh, deserved to happen. And it's a chapter that you erase and move on from, regardless of whether they won or lost games at that point in time.
2: Yeah, Will Wade's going to serve a 10 game suspension. He'll win in the Southland and he'll get a big job next.
1: There you go. Kenny, I, right. I got to go run. On, I got to run. Get out of here. Go do All your job. Right, Appreciate it, Ronnie. Thank you, Ronnie Rance. Uh, our guest. We appreciate him as always. We'll take a time out here. Glad you're with us on this Friday night for all access. It's 504-260-1061. Back in a moment to talk to Fletcher Mackle of WDSU about the New Orleans Pelicans as we continue here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and on the web at nashfm1061.com.
3: I'm Ken Trahan. And I'm Jude Young. We'll have comprehensive coverage of high school, college, and the pros, plus we give you a voice to speak your mind.
1: It's entertainment, it's information, it's all that you could want, and it's right here on 106.1 Nash Icon. Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m.
0: Following Inside New Orleans on 106.1 Nash Icon.
1: Country for life.
4: If you're hiring, it can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. You can hope the right person comes along, or you can just use ZipRecruiter. Like Marco, president of operations at Telly Tires and Auto Centers. ZipRecruiter helps me find all the right people, even the most difficult jobs to fill. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Now try ZipRecruiter free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter.com F-R-E-E.
5: Okay, I'll fess up. One of my favorite parts of 4th of July is finding fun styles for the family to wear. And Kohl's makes it so easy. I found great deals on a cute skirt for me, some button-down shirts for my husband, and adorable shorts and dresses for my kids. Plus, I got us all tees and tanks and saved an extra 20% on everything. So for summer style and savings, get to Kohl's. Select styles, 20% offer in June 25th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details.
6: We're going abroad for the first time in years to Spain. So we started using Babbel
3: and started
4: learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind.
6: In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babel.
4: Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
6: This week at
7: Macy's, summer is in full swing, so save on fresh updates with your coupon or Macy's card. With an extra 20% off when you shop online or an extra 15% off in-store. That's on top of great prices on shorts, tees, swim, even outdoor toys and games. Plus, get 40 to 50% off during our great sandal sale. Macy's Star Rewards members earn rewards on every purchase, except gift card services and fees. Learn more at macys.com. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.
6: At the Home Depot, we'll get your kitchen clicking with savings on top brand appliances like a new LG Counter Depth Max refrigerator with ultra-large capacity on the inside and a seamless look on the outside or an LG oven with built-in air fryer for crispier, healthier cooking. Plus, with convenient shopping in-store and online at the Home Depot, your innovative new appliances are just a click away too. Get special buy savings plus up to $1,000 off select kitchen appliances like this exclusive LG kitchen package at the Home Depot.
5: Okay, I'll fess up. One of my favorite parts of 4th of July is finding fun styles for the family to wear, and Kohl's makes it so easy. I found great deals on a cute skirt for me, some button-down shirts for my husband, and adorable shorts and dresses for my kids. Plus, I got us all tees and tanks and saved an extra 20% on everything. So, for summer style and savings, get to Kohl's. Select styles, 20% offerings June 25th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details.
6: We're going abroad for the first time in years to Spain, so we started using Babbel
3: and started learning
4: Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just 3 weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind.
6: In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babel.
4: Babel, language for life. Now try Babel for free at babel.com That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. This report
1: is sponsored by Verizon. Ready to take control of your phone plan? Well, then you better take that
3: next turn to a Verizon store. Because my plan from Verizon is the kind of control we all deserve. Get exactly what you want. Only pay for what you need. Get my plan
1: at your Verizon store today. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. It was sudden. It was dramatic. Tommy Whitebrook, the two-run homer in the bottom of the 11 to lift LSU to a 2-0 victory over Wake Forest to reach the College World Series Championship Series. Dylan Cruz singled ahead of Wynne with the first pitch from Canada Manassi for the game winner. Paul Skeens went eight shutout innings, two hits, a walk, eight strikeouts. Thatcher heard three shutout innings in relief. He got the win. Seeking National Championship number seven, LSU will face a familiar foe in SEC rival Florida, beginning Saturday at 6 p.m. in a best-of-three series. Florida beat LSU in the championship series in Omaha in 2017. The two teams did not play in the regular season. The New Orleans Pelicans stood pat with the 14th overall pick in the NBA draft, and they chose shooting guard Jordan Hawkins of national champ UConn. 6'5", 185, Hawkins a good three-point shooter. He averaged over 16 in a game for the Huskies last season. As expected, San Antonio chose Victor Wembanyama with the first pick. Brandon Miller of Alabama went second to Charlotte. Scoot Henderson third to Portland. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed weekend and be a good sport. Crescent City Sports.com. I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the
0: time. What's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 106.1 NASH ICON and at NASHFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061.
1: The New Orleans Pelicans decided to stand pat and drafted Jordan Hawkins, 14th overall in the NBA draft last night, the only move they made, and as a result, they get a, an experienced, mature 21-year-old who's played on a national championship team and has that one skill that everybody likes, which is he can shoot the basketball. Will that translate? Let's talk to you about a good and great friend, Sports Director of WDSU Television, Fletcher Mackle, who joins us now. Fletcher, always a pleasure. Welcome, and as I wrote at I I thought this was, quote-unquote, the safe choice to make. As I mentioned, a mature player, uh, probably closer to a finished product than others you could have picked, and a guy that has you know one specific skill that certainly can help this basketball team. Thoughts?
3: Um, sure, I agree with everything he said. Look, this is a guy; it fits the mold of what they've been looking for since Trajan Langdon came on with David Griffin. And, and just so people know, David Griffin is the executive vice president; he's in charge of everything. Trajan Langdon is the general manager; he's the number two, and he he oversees. Um, mostly the draft and uh, and a lot of player acquisition and kind of some of the talent aspects of the job. And and I think Trajan's done a fantastic job. I mean, you look at what he's done with with Trey Murphy, with, with Herb Jones, with Jose Alvarado, with Dyson Daniels, who I think has a bright future. I, I think this fits them all. They're looking for toughness. They're looking for certain skill sets and certain characteristics in the human. And David Griffin said that last night, that from a human perspective, he's everything we want. So I think it's another nice building block and a guy who potentially could be a solid rotational player for them. I think the big factor was that they didn't trade for Scoot Henderson. after Once Portland picked Scoot Henderson and they seemed happy with him, to me, I kind of closed my computer and draft night was over for me because I figured they were going to get a player at 14 that fit their mold. Um, so, But I do like the player they drafted and certainly see him having a, a nice future here in New Orleans.
1: Yeah, I think he makes the roster and I think he has a chance to play because he is a 3-and-D guy. He does play on the other end of the floor. Just watching some UConn games in the NCAA tournament, which I did, and then watching some tape on him. This guy does defend. He's long enough. He's active enough too with his feet. He averaged nearly a steal a game last year. So you like that about him too?
3: Yeah, again, like I like a lot about him. I mean, look, he was a guy that most people looked at and said, and David Griffin has been pretty open about this. You know, they needed more shooting. They needed more rim protection. He's not going to give him rim protection. I think more offense than defense, but yes, he's a complete player. Like, I think Trey Murphy is an underrated defender. He's long. He's active. I think he's going to be, in, he's emerging as an elite offensive player, but he can get it done defensively. If anything, his defense is underrated. I think this is a smaller version of Trey Murphy, a guy who is going to be, you know, a shooter in his calling card will be his shooting, especially his catch and shoot abilities, but absolutely positively is not a liability on the defensive end. It may even be a plus with his activity on that end. So I would kind of consider him a smaller Trey Murphy, and I mean that as a compliment.
1: Yeah, the needs were obvious. Another shooter, a rim protector with real size as a backup center, and, of course, a point guard if you could find one because uh, that's what all the talk about Henderson was. And that was an interesting point because this was the buzz for over a week, and the fact of the matter is, and I think we know the fact, and I think you do, uh, the Pelicans weren't actively shopping Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram. They simply liked Scoot Henderson, and they were interested to see what was out there and what possibilities existed, and, and the possibilities just didn't unfold. I think that's the narrative.
3: No, that's the truth, is that, look, again, they didn't call up 29 teams and say, Zion's available, give us your best offer. We want, we want out of this guy. Same with Brandon Ingram. So that's what I think some people are of the belief of is oh, they're shopping Zion. They never shopped Zion. They did not say make your best offer. Or New York Knicks, are you interested in them? That's not how it works. They targeted one guy. They knew a lot about this guy. You know, they scouted him extensively last year when they scouted Dyson Daniels, because he played in Las Vegas on the G-League Ignite team based in Las Vegas with Dyson Daniels. They knew a lot about Scoot Henderson. They looked at Scoot Henderson as a franchise-altering type of talent, and they are very interested in, or were very interested in, Scoot Henderson. But moving up from 14 to 2 or 3, where Charlotte or Portland picked, meant having a discussion about Dion Williamson or Brandon Ingram. All the, the nonsense of the Pelicans, it was, they were only offering picks or young players, well, look, Charlotte's general manager and Portland's general manager should have been fired on the spot if they would have considered a trade from two or three for the Pelicans' 14 and any of the young players on their roster. That would be a fireable offense. Everybody with common sense knows if the Pelicans were going to move up to one of those spots and if one of those teams would have been willing to deal, it would have cost the Pelicans one of their all-star players. How far they got with those discussions, I don't know if anybody will ever know. That's one of those take-it-to-the-grave things between all the executives because it didn't work out. But make no mistake, discussions were had. The Pelicans got a meeting with Scoot, and the Pelicans had discussions with Charlotte in Portland about Zion in B.I. Now, were they ever to the point of becoming real? Again, I don't know if we'll ever know. But, yeah, the Pelicans had discussions about moving one of their two top two players to getting a guy that they liked.
1: You and I both know in the industry for as long as we've been in it, that national entities, they get fed information. Organizations feed them information. So oftentimes when things are reported on a national basis, they have merit because they're getting, they're getting it straight from the horse's mouth. But that's not always the case. And we saw so many different reports, including one uh, which stated the Pelicans have no relationship with Zion Williamson. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's obviously not true. And C.J. McCollum had to to basically speak out against that uh, prior to the draft as well. So my point is, to to all the people that email me and ask questions, well, this guy said this. Well, that doesn't make it gospel. So just because you're reading something from a national reporter, in this case, Windhorst, it doesn't mean it's accurate.
3: You can't believe everything you read. Well, it's true. And again, it gets back to everything in life, politics, life religion, sports, sports is entertainment. So it's fun to talk about when people shouldn't get that, you know, sometimes, sometimes maybe as intense as they do, but what you're saying is a hundred percent correct. Look, I, I love Adrian Wojnarowski. I think he is, I love basketball. I love talking mm-hmm. about this stuff. He is like a God in my profession, but he's also repped by the same people in the same agency, CAA that rep Zion Williamson. And so, yeah, there's a reason why he breaks the stories on Zion when it's real news. And there's a reason why I think last night he framed his wording was very, very interesting to me when he went on and I think was doing damage control on behalf of Zion and the agency and even the Pelicans to an extent by saying something like, I talked to several general managers and none of them said Zion Williamson was shot to them. Well, he's 100% right because Zion Williamson wasn't being shot to people. There were two teams that they had discussions with about that. So, again, the framing of some of the national narrative, and there are other journalists that have close relationships with the players or other teams, and it's not that it's not information. It's just that it's one team's information or one player's information, and I think that we want to get as much of the full picture as possible And sometimes people see one picture and don't realize there's a fuller picture to see, and they go with gospel based on one person's perspective that he's getting from one source. And again, not that it's not correct, but that source or that entity may have a vested interest in getting that narrative out there.
1: No starting point guard, so I would not be at all surprised to see Point Zion again next season if he's healthy.
3: Well, I think that's it. I mean, look, I, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, look, LeBron is the primary point guard ball handler for the Lakers. Giannis is the primary, you know, facilitator for the Milwaukee Bucks. Jokic is the primary facil- facilitator for the, for the you know, Nuggets. Mm-hmm. they don't have a true point guard either because Jamal Murray's not a true point guard. So, again, it's not out of the realm. And, look, this is always a possibility. Run it back and get healthy. But that's it now. Look, I think... David Griffin is one of the smartest executives I've ever been around, and I, I think he's fantastic, and I love everything about it. I think he looked at the track record of four years and said, this isn't reliable. I need to look at alternate, al- alternative paths here and alternates here where I can go in a different, a different direction, t- choose another path. And, and, and that was at least an option. But now they couldn't get something done with Scoot, and, and you don't give up on the talent that Zion has or that Brandon Ingram has. But now it's just run it back with those guys and, and, and hope that they can keep Zion and B.I. healthy, and we'll see what they are. But, yeah, I think you're going to see point Zion, you know, C.J. playing off the ball is a secondary facilitator. Brandon Ingram doing what he does is another secondary facilitator. And then I think Trey Murphy needs to start over Herb Jones. And then I think Jonas will probably be back, too, um, just because they're not going to give him away. And if they could find a better option at center for Willie Green, they probably will. But I just don't know if there's a deal out there to be had. So I think you're going to see the, the, basically this team back as it was last year, with maybe some of the younger guys playing more, like Dyson Daniels, um, and, and maybe even the player that they drafted last night, uh, getting yeah. a little bit of a sniff early.
1: Yeah, running it back with Jonas for one more year makes sense. They just don't have anybody behind him. They don't trust Hernan Gomez with his lack of athletic ability, even though he's a he's a traditional center. They don't trust Jackson Hayes, obviously. And of course, Larry Nance is just not big enough. I mean, I know he had injuries last year, but we saw how overmatched he was at times last year in some of the matchups. And you've got to have something in reserve that can at least, you know, defend the, the paint. I mean, they don't have that. And that, that was not addressed. So again, that remains a bit of a concern.
3: Yeah, I, I think you're going to see Carlo Magdovich. the the player that they drafted last year, I think Mm -hmm. he's going to end up coming over. And and Mm -hmm. I think he's going to get an opportunity in summer league and maybe even training camp or on a two-way contract to have an an opportunity to play on this team. And I wouldn't be surprised if they brought back Jackson Hayes. I don't know if his market as a restricted free agent is going to be robust. So it may be worth it for him to come back on on another year or prove it. You know, Billy Hernan Gomez has a team option. I'm not sure he's going to be back. He could be back. He's a great locker room guy. He was very upset because of his lack of playing time last year after coming off a strong summer in Europe. I like Larry as a backup center, but only when he's 100% healthy, because you're right. He is not a center. He's a versatile combo forward, who has the ability to play big, but only only because of his athleticism. So when he gets injured and isn't at his full premier athletic abilities, then really he's not helping them out as a, as a small ball center. So yeah, I, I certainly think you're going to see the young Euro get a chance in Summer League and maybe even when the season starts. Um, and then look, maybe Kyra Lewis, you mentioned the backup point guard position. Mm-hmm. They drafted him. He showed signs But Willie Green has had a reluctance to play some of these young guys. I think that could potentially change, and maybe Kyra we see more of entering his fourth year in the NBA.
1: Well, we know what Alvarado is. He's an energy guy, and he's great for 15, 20 minutes off the bench. He can't carry the load, and he wouldn't withstand it. what I was saying there, Fletcher, was he's great. Alvarado's great in the role he's in, 15 to 20 minutes a game. He's not anything beyond that. He's a pure point guard. But Kyra Lewis is, is the only one you just don't know about yet. He's the one guy on the roster that you can look out and say, we don't know what he is yet. We know what Jackson Hayes is. We know what Hernan Gomez is. We know what Najee Marshall is. We know what Alvarado is. We know what, for that matter, Herb Jones, Dyson and Daniels are, even though Daniels could improve a little bit offensively. But we don't know what Kyra Lewis is yet. That's fair.
3: Yeah, and I would probably just I would put Dyson in that category too because I do think we know he's going to be a long, athletic defender. But I think there's a lot more to Dyson Daniels' game, and it really upset me last year when you know Josh Richardson was playing down the stretch, a yes, veteran He yes. has no future here, no nope, none. Guy, right, a guy that has no future in that you're not playing the guy you drafted seventh overall, and you really should have been. So, uh, again, but Tyra Lewis, because of injuries and and the fact that Jose Alvarado emerged, and and they just never really gave him much of a chance. So, you're right. Tyra Lewis is a guy we don't know about who could be excellent or could be a guy playing in Europe next year. And then Dyson Daniels, I I, I think I have high expectations for. But, again, I still think he's a little bit of an unknown because of Willie's reluctance to give him significant minutes down the stretch.
1: Final thought, let you get away. Amazing run by LSU. Florida, a clear betting favorite, and understandably so. Yet, I still think the way this LSU's team playing, it has a chance. Your thoughts?
3: Uh, without question. Ty Floyd could, is a great pitcher in game one. He could, he could get them game one. Um, and I think the way LSU pieced it together, that pitching staff is feeling gritty and gutty and confident. So, yeah, I, I think they could definitely take two or three from Florida. Florida's got the advantage because they're well-rested and have their rotation and bullpen ready to go but I wouldn't bet against this LSU team because I think they're pretty pretty talented too and feeling pretty good about themselves
1: feel the same way you do he's Fletcher Mackle of WDSU television of course are you on tonight at 10
3: I am actually not I'm 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 a rare off day today Sharif Isaac, we're gonna have two crews in Omaha Kendall Duncan our new reporter is there and Sharif is going up tomorrow so I'm off today because I'll be quarterbacking it from the set over the weekend
1: Not a boy. Call the right play, you hear? (laughs) No problem. Make a good line check. Hey, Fletcher Mackle, always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend.
3: All right, Ken, thank you.
1: You got it. All right, a brief time out here. It's 504-260-1061 to join us. Back with more in a moment here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and on the web at nashfm1061.com. When you've been
0: injured in a crash, you've been through a lot. Demand different. Demand Dudley DeBosier. Demand
3: the team who handles the heavy lifting. Demand the team who treats you like you're part of the team. Demand the team who never stops fighting.
0: Demand that your team is Dudley DeBosier.
3: Call us today. The call is free. That's the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call
1: 504-444-4444. That's 504-444-4444.
0: Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA 2314839.
4: Next up,
0: Straight Talk from Doug. Ever noticed that saying "no offense" is offensive? Like, no offense, but you're overpaying for your wireless. See,
3: offensive. That's the Straight Talk talking. Get unlimited plans as low as thirty-five dollars a month from Straight Talk on America's most reliable five G network. Available at Walmart and Walmart.com. On the $35 plan, first 10 gigabytes data at high speed, then 2G speeds. Refer to the latest terms at straighttalk.com. Based on most first place rankings, root metrics, second half, 2022 assessments of 125 metros. Experiences vary, not an endorsement.
1: Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food and a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's has it all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep football report we love supporting our area schools To shame not everybody can go to brother martin roll if you don't come you're to blame you'll be glad you came francesca by katie's 515 harrison avenue in lakeview this report is sponsored by lowe's shop top summer savings now at lowe's save up to an additional thousand dollars
3: on select major kitchen appliances plus save up to three thousand one hundred sixty five dollars on select four-piece lg kitchen suites offer valid through 628 savings based on purchase amount exclusions apply see
1: lowe's.com for details
0: This is Josh Danzig with Waryat Magazine for 1061
1: Nash Icon. Make reservations now for New Orleans Restaurant Week for specially priced menus from some of the top restaurants in town.
0: Visit Waryat.com for a complete listing. And don't miss great hip hop from Marcel P. Black at the Levitt Amp Music Series in Baton Rouge on Saturday at Scotlandville Plaza. For more info on what to do this weekend, pick up the latest issue of Where You At? all over town. Or visit whereyat.com and click on our community calendar.
6: Cumulus New Orleans. Incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital.
0: This is where you get all access not just to focus on one or two topics all sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times join us now by calling 260-1061 now back to ken trahan on 1061 nash icon through crescentcitysports.com and at nash fm 1061.com
1: manning passing academy of course underway in thibodeau lenny van gilder was there today full coverage at crescentcitysports.com and, of course, many things there today. Interviews with some of the major players there, but also Archie Manning getting an honorary degree from Nichols, which is quite nice. But on top of that, of course, the other story that is prevalent about this year is Buddy Tevens, the former lane coach who's basically helped set up this camp and helped run it for so many years in a very serious accident, which, of course, cost him you know, part of his limbs and recently, and he's unable to be here because of it. And Lenny Van has a great story about that at CrescentCitySports.com about Buddy Teevens, his contributions, the man himself, and how he's in Thibodeau in spirit, even though he's not there physically. So I think you'd enjoy reading that. It's really good. And again, you can catch that through CrescentCitySports.com about Buddy Stevens as the Manning Passing Academy proceeds at Nichols in Thibodeau. We'll take a final time out here when we return. We'll wrap it up with some recruiting news of the day as we continue with more of all access for this Friday night, Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and at NashFM, 1061.com.
3: What does it mean to be New Orleans' very own? It's about being raised in your city, reporting on your concerns, sharing stories from neighborhoods where you grew up, on falling down getting back up. It's shining light on tough issues, doing something about it to move New Orleans forward. It's not easy, as we fight your fight, serving the community we love, making sure our viewers know they are and we are New Orleans' very own. Catch WGNO News at 5, 6, and 10. New Orleans' very
8: own. Meet Joe A, Hi. Joe B, Hello. and Joe C. What's up? Three everyday Joes perfecting their banking with Chase. Joe A is locking his lost debit card with the Chase mobile app. Joe B is cruising toward his new ride with Autosave. And Joe C's Chase banker is helping him budget to go back to school. Tools that help protect. Support for what's next. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase. Chase make more of what's yours
4: chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices messaging and data rates may apply jp morgan chase bank and a member fdic next up straight talk from doug (laughs) ever notice that
0: saying no offense is offensive like (laughs) no offense but you're overpaying for your wireless
3: See? Offensive. That's the Straight Talk talking. Get unlimited plans as low as $35 a month from Straight Talk, on America's most reliable 5G network. Available at Walmart and Walmart.com. On the $35 plan, first 10 gigabytes data at high speed, then 2G speeds. Refer to the latest terms at straighttalk.com. Based on most first place rankings, root metrics, second half, 2022 assessments of 125 metros. Experiences vary, not an endorsement.
7: This week at Macy's, summer is in full swing. So save on fresh updates with your coupon or Macy's card. With an extra 20% off when you shop online or an extra 15% off in-store that's on top of great prices on shorts tees swim even outdoor toys and games plus get 40 to 50 percent off during our great sandals sale macy's star rewards members earn rewards on every purchase except gift card services and fees learn more at macy's.com star rewards savings off sale and clearance prices exclusions apply
6: red white and due savings are heating up at the home depot get great savings that are worth celebrating and by celebrating we mean grilling Get a DynaGlow four-burner gas grill now on special buy for $199 at The Home Depot. It's versatile, easy to use, and includes digital pro controller technology for precise temperature control, making it your go-to grill for all those summer celebrations. Get more done during red, white, and do savings with a DynaGlow four-burner gas grill for just $199 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done.
7: My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home.
6: Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your
0: free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 929 2121. That's 1 800 929 2121. Or go to Selectquote.com 1 800 929 2121. That's
6: 1 800 929 2121. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials.
0: When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana High School State Championships, the Sugar Bowl's support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to allstatesugarbowl.org, sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, at nashfm1061.com, and through crescentcitysports.com. Give us a call. 504-260-1061.
1: As we put a wrap on things tonight, recruiting news of the day. John Curtis, Christian wide receiver, Michael Turner Jr. commits to LSU for the class of 2024. Turner 61170. He chose LSU over a whole bunch of offers, including from Auburn, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Tulane and others. Of course, playing at John Curtis, it's a run oriented offense. Run heavy, not a much passing, but he still caught 22 passes for 519 yards and six scores, rushed for a score, and on defense he had 29 tackles, had an interception, returned a fumble for a score, and helped John Curtis to win the Select Division I state championship. Triple threat, football, basketball, and track standout as well for the Patriots. Runs in the 4-4 range consistently as well. And, of course, Tulane getting commitments, two of those, from a Texas prep quarterback and Kellen Tasby, also an offensive lineman and Tyler Mercer. So they get a quarterback in Tasby, and that is obviously a very important position. You know, he's big, 6'5", 195,